Verónica y estoy aquí con Saida y estamos haciendo el podcast de Sentados y Tomando. Hey, so welcome to the Sit and Sip podcast. Uh, I am Saida, the host, and I have Veronica here, my special guest, brought back by popular demand. So basically, I said this, but she said it way much cooler and sexier. So, but she brought our introduction in Spanish because it is going to talk about something that she's very passionate about. Shout out to uh, Heritage Month for Hispanic. This is Hispanic Heritage Month, yes. right? So, um, but today's topic is going to be titled Navigating Expectations as a First Generation Latina. So, I am so excited to talk about this topic with you, Veronica. Thank you. Um, and I'm so glad you're on the show. So, basically, I know we've, in the previous episode, always asked you to describe yourself in three words. But I guess, you know, with coming from two cultures, do you feel like you kind of have, like, a dual personality. You have your American personality and then you have your Spanish personality. Yes. So would you describe yourself the same way in Spanish or not in Spanish to say the words, but your Spanish personality is the same as your, you know, American, maybe <laughs> white culture personality? <laughs> um, I think that like, so I grew up here. Um, I look white mm -hmm. and whenever people hear me talk Spanish, you're like, I don't know you talk Spanish. And mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> And it's funny how, like, my voice tone actually changes when mm -hmm. I talk Spanish. It's, I think it's lower. I don't mm -hmm. know. Anyway, but I describe myself the same. Mm -hmm. I think I'm a little bit more outgoing mm -hmm. whenever I talk in Spanish. Just because, like, I feel more at home. Like, that's mm -hmm. just, it feels natural. It feels me. Um, in English, uh, it's like, I do have to present, I mm -hmm. think, to, like, I have, like, this background mm -hmm. of being a Latina. But also, it's like, okay, you look white, so you also have to come mm -hmm. back to white sometimes. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I kind of grew up white anyway, mm -hmm. so I don't know. It's, it's a mixture. Like, my um, my uncle always said he's he's um, he's here, and he grew up over there in El Salvador, but a lot of my family came over here, mm -hmm. and he's like, you're not from here, but you're not from over there either. Oh, wow. And that's a thing that a lot of, like first-generation students mm -hmm. experience mm -hmm. from any country mm -hmm. it's like you have your culture that you grew up with because of your parents mm -hmm. but then you're when you go back home mm -hmm. like you're whitewashed right and they and they they know that you're that you look different that mm -hmm. you talk different even though you speak the same language, yeah you know, yeah the food the culture so it's just that's just like in spanish it's it's called ni de aquí ni de allá mm -hmm. um and so i grew up with that sentiment my whole life <laughs> and i know a lot of first-gen people mm -hmm. have too so Um, yeah, like I just that's kind of mm -hmm. like what what I describe myself because that's what I did. It's like yeah. you're not from here, you're not from over there. Even though I was born here, mm -hmm. I have a different culture compared to like my coworkers. Yeah, and I've learned to embrace it as mm -hmm. I've grown older. And that's great that you've learned to embrace because I don't have that dual culture experience that you have. But that must be hard. And also, do you feel connected to your culture, even though you feel like you kind of are, like your uncle say, stated, like you're not here and you're not there. Do you still feel connected? I do. And mm -hmm. and um, a lot of it's because of my language mm -hmm. and the food that I eat. Uh, my mom, she only, she mostly speaks Spanish. She's not a great English speaker. Um, and so I've had to speak Spanish at home my whole mm -hmm. life, which is, I'm so thankful for because mm -hmm. um, I love the language. Um, but I've definitely had to learn because growing up, it happens to where you want kind of want to hide your culture because mm -hmm. you don't want to be embarrassed by it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it wasn't until, you know, 
out of co- out of high school and college, or like even in high school, I started to embrace who I was, um, because you know a lot of people have to hide who they are um, in order to not feel judged mm-hmm. and to fit in. Um, but now I've like I love my the Salvadorian culture. Like I've gone back. Um, and my sisters grew up over there, and they mm-hmm. tell me about the stories. Um, it's just it's a beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to be part of. Mm-hmm. And now, um, you know, with there's like a new presidency in El Salvador. Mm-hmm. Um, it like the world is starting to see our country a little differently, mm-hmm. like a lot just more human. Yeah. And um, that makes me proud in some mm-hmm. ways too. Like, girl, our soccer team is the worst soccer team. <laughs> uh, and like we've known that from a young yeah, age. And that's yeah. just our culture. Our culture yeah. knows that our soccer team isn't the best. Yeah. And when they get when they play against Mexico, mm-hmm. like a Mexican and Salvadorians, the rivalry is insane. Yeah. Well, like we love each other, but like it's insane. And so we would always lose to Mexico just because yeah. we were we were mm-hmm. just not good. But we are starting to get good, mm-hmm. and that just brings so much pride. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it, there's just like small things that it, it's starting to change. The world's starting yeah. to see us a little differently. And it seems like culture over the years has become very important yes. for, to you, especially maintaining just your home culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I wanted to ask you, so. Would you like to raise your kids like to be able to speak Spanish, regardless of whatever race uh, your husband is? Would you still like to have your kids <laughs> have your kids like you know still learn Spanish and learn about Salvadorian culture, or are you okay with them adopting maybe your husband's culture? I definitely want them to speak Spanish. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I want them to be able to speak with my my mom yeah. and my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think like. Being bilingual is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe your kids can be trilingual. trilingual. We don't speak that, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say the other language. Oh, <laughs> right, right. There's, there's other, but God knows. <laughs> um, there's other languages out there, mm-hmm. but um, it's funny because my sister, my sister that I live with right now, she's always like, "I want my kids to be trilingual. Like, we're not stopping at bilingual." Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, it, it's a, it's what I want mm-hmm. because I see like. How hard it is. And, but the thing is, I know it's going to mm-hmm. be so hard. Yeah. Because even for myself, like, I'm starting to forget some Spanish words mm-hmm. if I don't practice it enough. Right. And I know, like, second generation kids don't get it as easy. Yeah. Um, just because I speak English all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to have to work extremely hard mm-hmm. to make sure that the um, my kid is bilingual. Right. Um, or even trilingual. So. <laughs> I'm trying to be multilingual for sure yeah I, mean, I want them to be smarter than me it's okay yeah i just you know. don't want them to talk crap behind my back you i'm just trying to be trilingual right you're trying to be the best you want them to be veronica 2.0 yes but <laughs> yeah <laughs> so but one thing i want to ask you is your parents came here to have a better life for themselves and for you and mm-hmm. for you but do you ever feel like sometimes they put a lot of or a lot of or maybe too much expectation on you yes um how how was that? Like, how was it, you know, dealing with those expectations to do this, do this, do this, because you kind of have to, for lack of better words, make, make your parents' migration here worth it. Yes. Do you, like, how did you balance it, especially as a, as a young child? It, it was, I didn't know at the time, Yeah. but I, I always strive to be the best because of the reason, like, my mom came over here, mm-hmm. like, Hopefully nothing happens when I say this, but like she came over here when she was pregnant with mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And I like, you know, I don't know if this is true or not, but like, I feel like when that happened, that trauma that happens, mm-hmm. 
like, it, I don't know if it got passed down, you know, traumatic. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I got from it, you know, um, but I, my whole life, like, I've held on to that. Mm-hmm. Like, my mom crossed the border for me mm-hmm. and my siblings, and I feel like that in its own, it's like what nothing compares to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, any hardship, any struggle that I've ever been through doesn't compare to mm-hmm. what my family has been through. Even mm-hmm. my older sisters have gone through mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so taking advantage from a young age, I didn't realize it at the time, but um, I would always have anxiety because I, I would always think, I knew the story that of how my mom crossed with me, and that helped, uh, that was from a young age. I had anxiety about making sure that I didn't fail, mm-hmm. making sure that it was worth what she did. Cause she, and something that my mom always, I'm very thankful that she did this because she's like, I didn't get to go to college and I always wanted to, mm-hmm. but I want you guys to do it for not. She didn't say for me, yeah, but she said do it because I couldn't, yeah, and mm-hmm. so. Um, that's been something that she said to us when we were since we were young yeah. and it's stuck with us and and it's just like what keeps me going mm-hmm. and it's a it's definitely a hard balance yeah because you're like wow like she did this but at the same time I'm like I wish I didn't have that anxiety yeah because that's that's a lot of pressure and of course like your mom like any other mom or parent just wants the best for their child but I think like the pressure the ante is up more so because I love what you said like I want you to go to college because I couldn't. Mm-hmm. But that's really hard, especially, you know, there's so much pressure. But do you ever feel like, like you kind of say, do you ever regret, I guess, having, you know, your Hispanic heritage? Maybe not heritage, but do you ever regret, like, being, like, a first generation because of the pressure? Mm-hmm. At times, maybe as a child? I think I, I, I definitely, I don't regret it. Mm-hmm. I think, I just wish we had better opportunities because mm-hmm. I know um, it the the odds are stacked against us from yeah. the start mm-hmm. and the world the patriarchy the capitalist society anything that you just the mm-hmm. the system is not mm-hmm. built for us to succeed yeah and in any even as a woman even yeah. as Latina is a black mm-hmm. woman it, mm-hmm. it's not built for us mm-hmm. so it's going against us from the moment we're born mm-hmm. and um, it's just so difficult to navigate that Mm -hmm. and um i don't know it like i i don't regret it i Mm -hmm. i just especially going to college i um my sister my older sister so i've told her sisters my oldest sister got her ged Mm -hmm. which um i'm so proud of her Mm -hmm. she liked english like both of my older sisters came here when they were young and they both are successful like Mm -hmm no English they're they're just so I'm so happy that they got to do this mm-hmm. because they deserve it and then my oldest sister she's the first in my entire family who's had a master's oh, wow. and I'm trying to be like her yes. but I don't know if I could do school like that <laughs> yeah, but girl. I'm like I'm so regretting my, my choice <laughs> right it's like oh should I go she's like girl I don't know but she's so smart always worked so hard about her master's it's, it's like insane how smart she is um but she she like just motivates like my both of my older sisters motivate mm-hmm. me but I was the first one to leave our mm-hmm. home mm-hmm. for college and, for college mm-hmm. and so she and myself being culture shock going to the college that I went to mm-hmm. not having the same opportunities I was so poor I like it was just such a like it was like the first time I felt like I 
I didn't really belong Mm -hmm. because I'm like, I have no money. Mm -hmm. I don't have the resources that Mm -hmm. these kids have. I didn't, like, no one in my entire family lineage has ever gone to a college away from school. Like, they've always stayed with their family. And so I didn't have anyone to model for me how it was living away from your parents Mm -hmm. in college, navigating first-generation struggles, Mm -hmm. um, the duality of, like, wanting to fit in but also not fitting in. And so... um, that was the kind of the biggest time that I realized that I was like, I, I just wish we had these resources. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm out of it, thank the Lord, God got me through college. Mm-hmm. I can help my younger siblings yeah. and they're not going to go through that. Yeah. So I'm very happy that, you know, I don't regret it mm-hmm. because I think, you know, someone has to do it. Yeah. But you just had to be the first one, you know? First one. you know, but you're the model for them. Um, and then they're going to surpass that. Mm-hmm. You know, not, nothing against you, but they're just like, it was they just, are. it's just a visual like, hey, I've seen someone who can do it. Because mm-hmm. there's not, when you say a lack of resources, you don't really necessarily see it advertised on TikTok or Instagram. Hey, I went to college. Here's the hard stuff I went to. We show all the highlight reels. And one thing I wanted to ask you is, did you feel, when you went to that four-year in, um, university, did you feel even more pressure to assimilate to the dominant culture there? And how did you navigate being proud in your culture, but at the same time feeling lost because you've never seen this model before? Um, at first, I so <clears throat> I, I, at that point I was dating uh, a white guy, mm-hmm. and uh, we, I mean, he was great. Um, like, you know, mm-hmm. pray for him too. No, no hard feelings, but we didn't really, we didn't really party our first year. Yeah. We were just kind of focused on our studies. Um, we just had fun. Um, you know, doing just like studying, mm-hmm. watching TV, enjoying a relationship, mm-hmm. being with friends, like playing card games mm-hmm. online. Um, but you know, my second year though, I wanted to get, oh, I, I knew that I didn't have enough money to be in a sorority. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but white girls scare the crap out of me too. <laughs> um, I was like, I don't have money. I know I don't have money and I know like it's going to require, mm-hmm. you know, with them and it's just, it's so hard. Mm-hmm. So I joined another like ladies organization and even in that I couldn't, I just, I could not connect and I, I probably could have done more mm-hmm. to try to, but I, I think at that point I wasn't confident <clears throat> in myself mm-hmm. knowing that I was poor I didn't relate to any of the situations that they had when they grew up because I grew up way different. Um, and so that just kind of pushed me back and not yeah. wanting to make really good friends with them. I tried, but it gave me so much anxiety. Yeah. So I gravitated toward my friends that I knew from like high school. Um, and it wasn't until like my junior year that I actually made like my first real friend. And it's funny because mm-hmm. my, my best friend is a white girl. Oh. <laughs> and I freaking love her. She's so cute. Yeah. Um, but she was like... She was the first person that was like so understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, she was also Christian, and and so it's like, like she she like motivated me, and she still does. She's just amazing. I love her so much. Um, but it was the first time that I really made a friend mm-hmm. that was different than mm-hmm. me, and um, I don't know. It's like, it, it's just so hard to to say like how. My experience in college was when it comes to that. I was just like, I don't know. 
Yeah. Yeah. My culture, I didn't really embrace it until my junior year or senior year because mm-hmm. that's when I started hanging out with more Hispanics. Yeah. Like, of your same country or just, just in Latinos general? in general. Okay. Um, because I was in the construction program mm-hmm. and it's very white male dominated. Really? I would have thought the oh opposite. Oh my gosh. It's such a surprise. <laughs> but you're a boss doing it, Perhaps, right? Yes. Yeah. But anyway, the people that I would gravitate toward, because sometimes I was the only girl in my class, mm-hmm. I would gravitate always toward the Hispanics mm-hmm. because, or the Latinos because I just knew I would connect with them more. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just, and then we always did. Like, that's just, that was the people that mm-hmm. we hung out with. And I was, you gotta, you gotta find your tribe. And yeah. that's what I ended up doing in the end. It took me a mm-hmm. while, but, you know, that's how you survive mm-hmm. college. So, yeah. I'm not saying anything against, you know, mm-hmm. white people at all. Yeah. <laughs> but, and I wanted to it was add, just hard to connect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, because you're like two people in one. But I wanted to add like another caveat to that. Even in, uh, in church or church culture, uh, sometimes we claim ourselves that, oh, this church is so diverse. And it's often white dominated, you know, and... Oftentimes, anyone of any ethnicity, I couldn't, and your, our topic is, you know, first-generation Latina, like, did you feel like even in church, in some churches, like, you kind of had to even assimilate to, you know, maybe uh, the, you know, being, it being white-dominated. Oh, yeah. Um, and also, how did you navigate that? Because there's so many caveats, there's so many cultures within Latino culture, there's probably even cultures within Salvadorian culture. Mm-hmm. So how did you, I guess, come back that, like, Hey, I'm Hispanic, but no, I'm not what you think. I am from El Salvador. I'm this. I'm a first. I mean, not that you would say this person to a person, like introduction, but how did you navigate that too? Was it the same, like your same experience, like in college? So I grew up Pentecostal. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, we went to church from a young age, full Christian Spanish mm-hmm. church. And um, I didn't go to like a white church until mm-hmm. I was like a maybe a sophomore or junior mm-hmm. in college because. And I've never, like, I knew there's a lot of denominations, but, like, going to a Lutheran church, mm-hmm. I was, like, shocked. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, no one is, like, <laughs> me, I'm, like, used to dancing and yeah. like, yelling and, and being so expressive. And, like, going to churches that are not like that, I was like, I feel so restricted right now. Yeah, yeah. And that's just probably my, because of my way I grew up at a Pentecostal church. Yeah. But there's other Spanish churches that aren't like that. Yeah. There's Baptists, uh-huh. there's, like, Methodists that are Spanish yeah. Like, you know, um, um, that aren't like that. Mm-hmm. Or Catholic, too. And so, yeah. um, that was just so funny to me. I was like... You're like, uh, culture shop within a culture shop. Within a culture <laughs> shop. I'm like, wow. And, and it took me a long time. I was like, this is just the way they praise God. Yeah. And I'm like... And it's all great, but we just all come from just different cultures, Mm -hmm. and it's you know some cultures are more expressive than others. It is. It was just really interesting to hear your your perspective on that because it is hard too. But um, one thing I wanted to ask you, Ronica, in wrapping up this podcast, is what would you say to another first generation uh, Latina who kind of had your same struggles? What would you tell? What would you tell yourself if you knew now what you knew then? What would you tell them that person? That they're worth mm-hmm. more than what society tells them because mm-hmm. they, and this comes for looks as well, yeah. because yeah. I look white, but mm-hmm. I don't, my features mm-hmm. are not I, the ideal, like jaw, nose, like they have like just, uh, it's just this, the look that I have, I, I, I'm white complected, but I don't have features that are mm-hmm. white. And so... 
And in terms of like looks um, for any Latina, because I know there's Afro Latinas, mm-hmm. there's um, Asian American Latinas, mm-hmm. there's like so many different, and there's like you know dark skin Latinas, light skin Latinas, and it's it's just so. It took me such a long time to realize like I don't have to look like anyone, mm-hmm. and then going to, um, like society where it's like your model mm-hmm. model is a white woman mm-hmm. you're never gonna fit that um and now like seeing and even the curvy latina women who i don't look like that i'm not curvy like that or um it, it's just like making sure that you know that you're different for a good reason like you're not supposed to be that mm-hmm. that model you're not supposed to you're supposed to be who you are embracing yourself mm-hmm. Um, but also like finding like-minded people, whether or not they're, um, Latina or not, um, because there are some people that are willing to help you out if, if you just kind of open your heart, Mm -hmm. you gotta be careful, but, um, being with those people, um, that God, you know, God puts in your life and like opening your, being vulnerable Mm -hmm. in, in that sense, but also like we have like this reputation of being mm-hmm. like fiery. Oh my God, so funny. Cause <laughs> all the guys that mm-hmm. I date that are white, they're always like, Oh, I love my spicy Latina. It's mm-hmm. just like, Oh, Such a stereotype. <laughs> but the thing is like, people call us crazy, but we just have a spunk. Mm-hmm. We, we have that go getter mentality. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've had to learn that because like, you know, that's mm-hmm. just, that's just, we want, we, we were going to go get it mm-hmm. and embracing that and being proud of it. Right. So, um, yeah, I think it's just making mm-hmm. sure that you embrace who you are, like how you look, mm-hmm. even though you don't look like everyone else. Yeah. Um, uh, because like, like, I don't know how much, but, mm-hmm. um, I always had a struggle because everyone told me I always looked white mm-hmm. and I'm like, I didn't feel it. Mm-hmm. I know I and 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 that that is such a privilege mm-hmm. to say to us as a person who looks white because I never got to experience you know racism, mm-hmm. um, and that that even saying that is a privilege mm-hmm. like that's just crazy you know mm-hmm. no other people get to say that, mm-hmm. um, but I never felt pretty mm-hmm. like and I always I always felt like like people are just like you look white you're beautiful I'm like. That's not an excuse. Like, yeah. I hate when people... It, it, no one understands. Um, mm-hmm. And I hate to say that. It's just like, no one understands, like, just because a beauty standard is a standard, mm-hmm. like, the, like and someone tells you that you're that mm-hmm. standard, I'm like, okay, like... And who made that the standard? Right, you know? and I don't know. Yeah. E- even, like, I would, I was like, oh, you're beautiful, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but then I'll look at like my my colored friends mm-hmm. and how I saw how beautiful they were, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I wish I was like that. I always like it goes back to what I said at the start. I wasn't from here, from and neither from over there. Mm-hmm. And I always sometimes felt like I was I wanted to be like have more color in my skin mm-hmm. to fit in with a culture mm-hmm. because I never felt like I was white. Yeah, I wanted to be more like dark. I wanted to look, and now I have blonde hair, but. <laughs> But I wanted to, I wanted to look more like the people that I felt at home with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But now I've embraced who, how I look, and um, 
knowing that, you know, that's, that's just who I am. Yeah. And that's been the biggest thing for sure. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's a hard topic. Not like yeah. it doesn't hurt, but it's more of like, there's a lot of layers to it. Yeah. And I think you brought like, um, a level of insight that I could have never known because I don't know your experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that the listeners will definitely benefit from. And I think it's really an encouragement. One thing that really stuck with me, and even though I'm not from your culture, even applied to my own culture, like I don't have to look like anyone else, but just look like who God calls me mm-hmm. to be and embrace the culture. Um, because you have your Hispanic culture, then you have your, I guess, American culture, yeah. if you will. But we also have a new culture in Christ. So Second Corinthians five seventeen, the old is gone and the new is here. And so we yes. have a new life. We are new creations with those who choose who chose to follow in Christ Jesus. And we should embrace that Jesus. We should embrace our heritage. You know, play your music. You know, wear your hair. Do all these things. Do it all. But. I am so, so glad. This has been such a great talk, Veronica. You, you are so encouraging. Me. And I hope to have you again on another podcast brought back by popular demand. Again, this is Sit and Sip. The purpose of this podcast is to bring authenticity and vulnerability through our everyday relationships on talks of church, culture, faith, and everything in general. And I hope that you all will stay tuned for more episodes coming. Today, we talked about um, navigating relations or not relationships but navigating expectations as a first generation latina from our special guest veronica so um, i hope to have her on again and you all take care and stay tuned for the next one have just finished listening to the sit and sit podcast i hope you have enjoyed the conversation the purpose of this podcast is to discuss faith church culture and everything in between i hope you have enjoyed listening and there will be many more conversations so while you're finishing listening get your tea get your coffee enjoy relax welcome to the sit and sit podcast